Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav. I have Davo, Phil, and Dicko with me. It's winners and losers. You know how this works. Um, we are going to LFC well, the, lad, the lads. The lads are going to the lads are going to pick winners and losers for this week. Arsenal have shown up right on fucking cue. Fair play to them. And let's be honest, when you get a manager of the month, when you get a manager of the month award for playing four games and losing one of them, um, you deserve everything you get. So um, I can't for the life of me remember what the lads have picked, but I'm sure they'll tell me as we go I'm going to start neither can I can you not I know I know I know one that you picked I know which one that you picked and Dicko I can I think I'll think about it and I'll remember it it'd be grand um, we're going to start with um, Davo let's start with your that's because it was the only one you could remember no 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 I know the other ones now I know the other ones now um, Davo winner of the week please my winner of the week is Liverpool FC's high defensive line. Okay. Uh, high defensive Ooh. line. I didn't realise it until it was actually said, or it was, it was a stat <laughs> after. It's, it's uh, seven home goals, seven goals, league goals conceded Anfield all season, which is uh, phenomenal. And listen, it's like we've heard Pep Linders before saying our intensity is our. Um, do you know what I mean? That's what that's what we work on the most. Uh, I, I'm going to repeat myself now. I, the Burnley game when we played away there, whatever um, stream I was looking at it on, it got picked up. Linders roaring at them, pissing rain, typical Burnley day, or one nil up, and he's roaring at them to get up higher, play higher, play higher, get higher, get higher. Against the likes of Burnley, who are just going to fucking launch the thing in on top of you. So yeah, look at. I know the lads. Hopefully, the lads can come in with something. And, uh, with a few comments on this, but yeah, our high defensive line, seven league goals conceded at home all year, and it's it's phenomenal. It really is. Like the clean sheets are racking up, and we've been superb. Listen, I think it's a great topic for winner of the week um, because we were only talking on the fat back forward about it last night, where <coughs> Keith was going through a couple of the you know, chances that that Watford had, and he was arguing that look, you're probably better off a few of these going in the net. So they actually have to call it back and show you that it was offside. Yeah. Um, 
it's very, very brave what they do, in my opinion, extremely brave what they do. And it doesn't really matter who they come up against, they seem to do it regardless. Phil, I'll come to you first. Like, it is extreme. Like, whether you like, whether people like it or not, and they're trying to build a narrative around this high line when there's nothing really to be built around, it's still massively brave what they're doing, isn't it? No. Okay. And, and the reason why I'm saying now is that, it, like, we're trying to think outside of Mourinho's Chelsea teams and Inter Milan teams, right? Very rarely does a pure counter-attacking, deep-lying defensive side ever prove to be successful um, over a long period as a football team because eventually they have to come out and normally that exposes their defence. When I think of all the great teams that we've seen over the last... 20 to 25 years, even going back to even going back to the United teams under Ferguson, and you think of the way they played, and they weren't necessarily the quickest defenders, but they played that style of football. Because to me, the high line is essential for any of the top t- sides because it condenses the amount of space the ball has to work from back to front all the time and creates those options that we see that our team works so well. The worst period of football we've played tends to be when we look our most stretched from top to back. So the high line is just an intrinsic part of what we do. I think we also have an incredibly good... like Our centre-backs with Van Dijk there are probably some of the few centre-backs that are genuinely world-class centre-backs at this moment in time. Like I think there's a dearth of really brilliant centre-backs and we've got three of them. And, and, and that's not even any hyperbole. That's like name name better centre backs. Name generational t- levels of centre backs that currently exist at the moment. If you go back <clears throat> to the start of the noughties, you can probably name about five or six that are playing for a load of different teams. The guys we're talking about are still the same fellas that were playing ten years ago. We've got the only one that's that's what's he's, he's turning thirty this year. Yeah. Mm. So to me, to me, it's not it's not about the brave piece. It's that's how you have to play if you want to be a top side. And I think there's been so much made over this high line. It's just a, it's just an easy narrative for, for the press to get behind because, th- let's face it, the English don't understand football. The English don't understand tactical sides of football because they have they have um, Gareth Southgate and, and they think that's great idea of great football in terms of what it is. And, and that's ultimately, they're the guys in, in London in the, in, in the press box who are, are championing this style of football that England want to play, which is all over the shop. So, and, and I'm not, I'm not belittling Davos point. I think, I think the way we play defensively is, is, is intrinsic to us being able to play. And, and it's not so much the fearless. It, like, again, I don't think fear comes into it. I don't think it's a fearless thing. It's they are, they play a certain way that they train and they coach and they do it week in, week out. And one of our biggest, biggest criticisms we had under Rafa. And also one of the biggest criticisms we had under Rogers was that the defense like with, with Rafa, we play, we sat deep and tried to play a, a, a strange sort of pressure pressured version of counter attacking from our own half, which worked perfect when we broke, gave the ball to Alonso and he could find Gerard and then he could find Torres and, and, and that so many times ended up a goal or out to Kout, he cut back across. You think of Rogers, the defence is all over the shop. Can't defend deep, can't defend high. This is just what happens when you get to to being a top level team. Think of the Real Madrid teams. They played high line. Even even with Pepe and Sergio Ramos sitting in in, the, in in their back four, they played that. What is the high line defense? It wasn't. They were just playing. They're, they're so far up the pitch. They have to be comfortable with a ball going in behind them all the time. PK Mascherano at Barcelona, the same thing. 
Like they're the peak teams we're talking about at the moment. Yeah, no, and that's I'm, a- I'm, I'm, I'm which I'm which on that. And like, what, but what I would say is, is like, I don't think so much will be made of it if the media weren't trying to make so much of it. If you get me, you know what I mean. Like, and I, I, I kind of get you. I get your point where you're going. Look, people don't understand because, for me, some people just can't get their head around the fact that you defend that high with yeah. so many, with so many people looking to be advanced, especially when your fullbacks are the advanced field. It's not like it's. It's actually not a high line. It's a high fucking two. Do you know what I mean? Because the other two, when we're, usually when someone's playing a ball through, our fullbacks are probably ahead of our centre backs anyway, and. It's, po- it's possibly something where people just can't get their head around that, that they're doing this. If we play just a flat back four and left the fullbacks there, you go, yeah, they're playing high, but they've covered because there's four. When usually when you see a ball through against Liverpool, it's the fullbacks are nearly ahead of the centre back. So it's those. Yeah, you just have brain dead pundits. Like, this but is what I'm saying. It, you genuinely can't get your head around it. Like, and yeah. Dicko, like, you watch a lot of Liverpool, you, you, you know, season ticket holder. Um, but. We won't go into that because it's I know Not it's a very sore subject. Um, <laughs> but but the thing is, Dico, like you've seen many, many Liverpool like teams at Anfield playing and you go, they're way too high. They're fucking they're not good enough to be there. They're way too high or they're way too deep. Whereas this looks at the moment like it's a massive part of how we play. It's not just something that we it's it's a fad and we just try it for the laugh. It's massive in what we do, isn't it? It is. And the reality is, um, this is obviously all kind of really gathered pace since coming in. You know, um, all credit to Klopp and the coaching staff. They've obviously come up with a, a way to approach things. And as fans, we were all incredibly nervous at the start, but we've seen how this has evolved into how we play football, you know. Um, and it's here to stay as far as Liverpool are concerned for the future. Pundits seem... Uh, some, so, some of the pundits get onto it, but uh, as has been mentioned, there's a lot of lazy punditry. And, you know, that when it comes to a game, you know, it might be a Man City game, it might be one of, you know, one of the more important games coming up this season. If we do... You know, this high line and someone getting in behind us and scoring and that being a decisive goal, you can you can you can be absolutely certain that pundits will jump on it and say, Well, Liverpool have been, you know, waiting for, this is this has been something that's been, you know, waiting all season. They've sort of got away. But the, the reality is it's it, it's it's helped us so much. And let's face it, we're, when teams do get in behind us, and I agree with Keith on what he was saying last night, that they weren't chances. You know, that the flag should go up. They don't go up. It it, it gives um, sound bites. You know, for, for 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 these pundits to jump on. But the reality is, you know, when when we do see teams get in behind us, they've, they've still got to get past Alison Becker, and 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 that fella is 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 saving sort of ninety percent of what comes at him. Like he, the, the fella is uh, is a man mountain at the moment. So you know, we, we couple the fact that we're well drilled in this. We've got the the safety, and then you've also got Alison Becker. You know, for what for what it's for what's given us, it's it's a it's a risk well worth taking, and um, and I'm very comfortable with it now. At this point. Two questions before we move on. Davo, first to you. Um, are you comfortable going into any game 
that we're playing that high line? Are there any games you look and go, oh, Jesus, drop 10 yards? No, no. Jesus. And I'm, I'm asking you that because Man City play us on next Sunday. No, no. Listen, listen, you'd be... Like, what's the point in doing it all the time and training within the fucking inch of your life doing it and working and working and working and doing all the hard yards on the on the training pitch? Because it's just muscle memory now to them, to the team. So if you were trying to if you were trying to say to them now, I oh, listen to City, we might drop ten yards here. Listen, they they'd be all over the shop. Half of the lads would forget to deal with blah blah blah. Now I'm 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 very comfortable. And like someone said in the in the comments there, it probably would be suicidal if there was no var. To be doing it because of how poor the officials are, because they're dog shit. So, I don't, I don't well, even buy that, and I'll tell you why. Because well, the teams have been playing this way, but these teams have been playing this way. Top teams have played this way, adding from adding from You get decisions, you don't get decisions. But like in the main, if I'd say to you, I'd say there's more non-offside decisions happening now than before VAR. Honestly. So many more of those, they would have put their flags up because they were sort of a bit marginal. And he, we used to give out stink that fellas who were slightly behind the line would never get the benefit of the doubt. You go back mm. to the time when we <coughs> lost the league, the man is clearly on side going through and going, mm. you know what I mean? So, you know, there's, there's a lot. To, actually, mentioning VAR because we never talk about it really well, but there was some fella doing the VAR this week for Liverpool, for the Liverpool match and he's fucking deadly. Right, right stop. You gave that, Cause I think gave that penalty. Because I think that might be a topic later in. on. Is that a topic? Yeah. Did you just text in that topic? Ticket? No, no, no. I'd say someone did earlier and you've just remembered you texted in and decided, fuck it, I'm going to bring three conversations into one here. No, I, I, I ignored the, the comments. I, no, I had loads of things to be doing, like work. You know, okay. that, that, that thing, right? So yeah. it's like, I, I wasn't paying attention. I gave him my topic and I made one up and then said, right, I'm not paying attention to the rest of that. Okay, that well, week. let me let me ask you one more question before we move on, right? Because Dicko mentioned something there, the high line. It, it, it's in us that's what we do and we're all comfortable with that and fuck anyone else that doesn't like it it's not in us but, it's but, only recently in us Martin fucking scared would have, would have stopped you playing a high line to use yeah, yeah. but anyway I that want to ask this before, will you stop I want to ask you a fucking question Lucas sack of shit Dicko mentioned something there though Um, if you do manage to get past this Alison Becker is there Phil you love talking about a goalkeeper and I think you know we, we've talked about Alison loads of times but it just he just gets better and better for me, and he just gets more assured, and he just gets nearly unbeatable. It's 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 getting ridiculous. Like, where do you rate in all time Liverpool goalkeepers? Allison. Yeah. That shut you up, didn't it? <laughs> Honestly, he's. It's hard not to say that he isn't the best we've ever had. And that's that's that, that's what I'm trying like. You feel like you're doing a disservice to Ray Clements and Bruce Grobbler and Elijah Scott, who came before him. But he's so good, he makes goalkeeping look easy. And what he does is not easy. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Because even there's a there's a the best way to describe Allison, this is how good Allison is, and I think it's the best way. If anyone's been online today, they would have seen an incredible save by Craig Gordon in the Hearts in the Hearts game at the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Where Double he pulls one off, pulls yeah. it off down the bottom, the ball spins up, hits the post, looks like a man has an empty goal, and Gordon manages to get up and dive across and make another wonder save off it, right? I haven't seen it. it. Sounds deadly. It, it it looks absolutely amazing, and they have a shot from behind it, which makes it look even better in terms of what it is, right? Okay. But I might look it up here while you're telling me. Come on. Okay, but Allison holds on to the four shot. Right. The rest of that doesn't happen. 
That's what. Yeah, but, th- I, I, but it's not only that, Phil. I do agree with you. It's not only that. I've mentioned it before with him. He takes shots without getting technical and all. So now you play. He takes shots into his midriff mm. where he's squared onto the ball that other goalkeepers will have dived sideways for. Meaning, yeah. and what I mean by that is he's after moving his feet that quick. He's, a, he's across the goal and he's squared on taking the ball into his midriff. Whereas other fellas are having to take a half step and dive. That's how good he is. That's what sums up for me. He's making saves look incredibly easy that he, he basically doesn't have to dive for. And going on yesterday, like his one on one percentages must be true, like must be incredible because he's he's the best keeper I've ever seen at them. I know Schmeichel was great, he'd come out there with a starfish and whatnot, and then fellas started getting wide and rolling through his legs. Allison's just he just he makes the, he, he never does anything stupid. It was the same in the Arsenal game, Louis Carragher said, like another goalkeeper do something stupid there and take him down. He he, he makes the defender or he makes the centre forward or the player coming in and make the decision and Nine times out of ten, he's saved. Gav, just on this, James, I asked one question. They're all fucking. They're having eighteen comments each. Go on, Dicko. It's just something that sprung to mind because I went and seen that Belgium Island game recently and and got a timely reminder of what it's like to see Minule in goal, and it's it's like night and day. I mean, imagine if we were still having to put up with either Minule or Carius levels. I, I honestly think we'd be. Probably about seven or eight points worse off. Like we would, we would literally not be in this title run. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, that 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 fella gives defenders in front of him no confidence whatsoever. And when he does, you know, we used to go on about his shot stopper, but the amount of times he he, he parries something back into the danger area as well. It's 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 like no. It, it, I mean. Thank God we've got him, and and obviously we've got a solid number two in Quivine Keller as well. So. I think we're well sorted at that position for the next few years. On, can can I just, just, yeah, just one thing because everyone keeps saying about Clements in, or Guffy are saying about Clements in, in the chat, right? It, it's not comparable. And, and here's the best way to look at it: Clements wasn't regarded as the best in the world when he was at Liverpool. Then, right? Allison is regarded as the best in the world, or one of the top three goalkeepers in the world. Clements wasn't even England's number one. At that point in time, yeah, he was, right? he was shielded. Was shielded. Yeah, yeah. Now, Clements was an excellent goalkeeper, and oh, he was some rock of the saves were fucking outrageous. He, he was he was rock steady and brilliant. But Gav, I'm going back to if if when you watch Allison play, if you wanted to put a tape up in front of a kid who's trying to learn how to play in goal, you say if you can achieve seventy percent of what he does, you're going to end up as a professional footballer because he's just different. I, I've said this um, ages and ages. Kelleher is his prototype now. I've no doubt about that. Yeah, but he's he's one of these generational goalkeepers who changes the way goalkeeping is done for a while. Um and that's that's just that that he's taken on the style, you know, the, the sweeper keeper style, but reverted it back to this rock solid, calm type of goalkeeper behind it, right? So if you take what Nauer used to do at Bayern Munich, Allison is capable of doing all that dribbling outside the box, but he plays so high behind the defense. When he gets it, he's not looking to dribble or whatever, but he's, he's already picking out two, three, four different different angles and passes to give a ball when it's coming back to him. And the team is able to play so high because they're so confident that if the ball comes over the top, he's there to, to pick it up. So teams the teams can't even play the ball in the direction of our goal when they're trying to go long. They have to go into the channels to keep it away from, from that space, which is essentially a triangle between the two lads and Allison, who's at the top end of his, uh, end of his box. And then his saves. We, like, we're watching a guy... 
make saves that are criminally underrated because he makes them look so easy. That's the that's the only way I can describe how good he is as a goalkeeper. So going back to it, I think Clements was fantastic for Liverpool. I'm not doubting his ability and what he did. Um, but for me, Allison is just it's it's he's one of the, he's, he's like a Schmeichel. He's just he's he's one of those generational goalkeepers that you only get once every twenty years or so. And the funny thing about me is like. You know, when you see players come over and, and, you know, from Brazil or South America or wherever, and you're thinking, oh, he could move on. You know, like Suarez or Coutinho, like, do you want to play for Barca or Real Madrid? I don't get that off him. I get the, I get off him where he's at Liverpool and he's fucking like, this is the best place in the world to play football. And I'll stay here forever. And I love that about him. Um, Red Steve says, didn't someone work out Ali was worth 15 points a season or something? I've picked that number out of the air, but my point still stands. Charlie the Red, sure. literally seconds later, says, Allison is 15 goals better than the average Premier goalkeeper, <laughs> according to a goalkeeper stats model, highest in the Prem. So I don't know if they're both the same person and he's changed the count really quickly, but um, I had to read out uh, Red Steve's one. If I was going to read out Charlie's one, um, Veranda Cheese has called Allison a liability, but literally he gets very edgy at around 20 past uh, 10 at night. So, Edgy Guerrero is in remember? the house. Um, remember, remember, it was my player of the year. My, 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 my one to watch in the preseason, in the season preview. Who? Sean, Sean Lawson nearly fell off his chair laughing. We were picking out, you know, these rare players to watch or somebody to watch coming in. Mine was Allison. He was like, You're picking. Liverpool's goalkeepers have played what I said. Yeah, that's the that's the keep an eye on him. He's going to make a big difference to us this season. Okay, Jesus. Okay, um, bang on I was. Dicko was back. So Dicko before um before the internet get, get, goes, get Dicko's one there before he goes. Oh yeah, get the temp into the Dicko, uh, loser of the week, please. Uh, loser of the week. Well, um, I guess we. I guess I'll sort of group them up as the smaller clubs in the Premier League, and the reason why I say that is because of the the real change around the five subs and obviously uh, quite a few of the smaller clubs were uh, resisting and moaning um, the last time this was introduced um, and they're the big losers now because ultimately the uh, the rules going to be changed for next season so um, the likes of, of Burnley um, I know Norwich won't be around so, so, so Dean Smith won't need to worry about it so much um, but the, the the lesser clubs who, who really didn't um, like this at all, and, and and I actually looked it up a bit earlier on as well. They they even seemed to make a point last time around of not using the five subs when they were available. Um, you know, during the the COVID season, nine opportunities to use uh, five subs in a game, and. Uh, the likes of Burnley didn't didn't use all five subs once, as if to make a point. Um, seeing Burnley come out uh, when he was interviewed um, again, Dean Smith uh, didn't sound too um, enamoured with it. Um, so yeah, it's the smaller clubs really. Obviously, they feel like it gives you know the likes of the big six an advantage with the bigger squads. They have the um, they have the smaller squads. You know, what, what by the time they get to make their fourth or fifth sub, I guess they'll argue they've kind of you know seriously weakened the the eleven players on the pitch by what they're actually bringing on at that stage. Whereas for I guess for a Liverpool or Man City, I mean, if you look at us for example, we're going to be you know fourth fifth sub. We're going to be bringing on maybe Harvey Elliott, maybe maybe a Bobby Firmino at that stage. So. Um, so I think obviously it helps us, but for those smaller clubs, they they, they seem to be the losers out of all of this. 
I've spoken a lot on this, and I can't for any reason understand why anyone would be, be against it. And the only, sorry, I can one. Um, I think it would expose managers to actually show exactly how they feel about some of their players and how much they trust them, because they shouldn't be looking at other teams. They should be looking and saying, "I get five opportunities to change this game from me." What's the what's and, the, and you know the surprising one for me um, when I looked at uh, these. Uh, Substitution is probably more managers than the teams. The one that stuck out um, really was a manager who you would have thought had a bit at disposal at the time, uh, and that's Frank Lampard. Yeah. <laughs> he only he only took that opportunity twice to make all five subs. So it does say a lot about managers. You have to think, don't you? Yeah, and that that's the thing. I, 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 they're just so set in with three subs, and they just can't seem to get their head around it. And I think they're looking going like all this stuff. Oh, it's it's more of a benefit. Listen, the, the big clubs benefit anyway because they're better than you for with three subs, with one sub, whatever it is. Five subs, yeah, they've more quality than you. But you're not telling me that clubs in in the Premier League can't go out and go right. We might need to use five subs. We have to we have to up the quality of our squad here because we need five subs. Um, I, I think it's a madness. Davo, um, five subs, yeah or nay? Uh. To be quite honest with you, I'm not too fucking pushed, to be honest with you. But, uh, like, I'm kind of with you, as in, like, like it's not it's not fucking the big sides get five subs and the, or the top six Correct. gets five subs and everyone else gets three. Mm-hmm. Like, Burnley could be playing fucking Villa or Brighton could be playing Villa, bring on three subs and then he looks around and still nil-nil, throws the far felt on, he gets the winner. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Which wouldn't have happened if if he didn't have the five. Yeah. So I just I, I can't get my head around with the wings and the mower. Like you said, like fucking Burnley playing against City, they could have fucking twenty five subs. They're not they're not getting letting out of the game. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a few games recently where players have actually where teams have had three made three early subs because of injuries mm-hmm. and they've had a fourth fellow limping around. Mm-hmm. You know, leads away at Wolves. Do you remember they had to make three in the fourth? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I listen, Phil, five subs, like, what do you make of it? And I, I, I agree with Dico. Anyone voting against this is the loser of the week for me. Uh, I, I don't understand the concept. Well, the concept is, Phil, that you can make three substitutions in a Premier League game at the moment. And from right. the start of next season, you can make five. And clubs against it. I don't know why I'm explaining this here. I'm actually rising. <laughs> um, and smaller clubs in the league. Um, would, the, would, the then, would the answer would, would, would the answer here not be into for the clubs who voted against that they can only use three subs next year? The clubs who voted yeah. for it they could use five. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because then the right. clubs who don't want to get what they don't want, mm. and the clubs who do want to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone will be happy then. And then, 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 because like the teams that voted against it, who are the teams that voted against it? We don't know. I think about no, six, only, about only, six only months ago, it was brought. It was brought. You see, it was brought in during the pandemic, and then it was taken away. And Klopp was. You like, need a two tours majority, don't you? You need to fourteen through. of the twenty. Yeah. yeah, and Klopp was like, "Why are you taking this away? There's more, regardless of pandemic or not. We're playing more and more football all the time. For yeah, you know, for players looking after player welfare and stuff like that, should have five subs." <laughs> It was it was battered down. I think there was probably five or six that supported Klopp, and the rest were saying no. But now it's gone. It is gone through. So a few have changed their mind. But it seems that Phil. It seems that teams down near the bottom that wouldn't have the quality of squad of a Liverpool, City, Chelsea, United, or whatever, um, aren't happy over this. But I think they're looking at it the wrong way. They're looking at 
what others can league, do instead of... It's a league of shit small clubs at this moment of time. The Premier League doesn't have the foremost names anymore in it, right? You have six teams and then the rest are all levels of shite, okay? So it doesn't matter which 11 you're picking from or how many subs they use, they're all just levels of shite. And when you look at the names that are there, there's Leicester's, Southampton's, Brighton's, Brentford's, um, Watford's, Burnley's, Norwich's, like they're, they're nothing sides, right? So it doesn't matter who they pick, who they play, it is what it is, right? They, they, if they're moaning that the you know that the teams at the top will have will be able to make more changes and win more matches, it's not going to bother them anyway. They're still going to be doing the exact same stuff that, that they were doing before. Like their games, the important games are the ones they're playing against, whether it's in the championship or whether it's in the Premier League, because that's the teams they're going to be playing against. Next year, it's probably Barnsley against Everton or something in the championship. Then it's Hopefully. like. Yeah, like seriously, this is what I'm saying. It makes makes no difference. Well, look, it, 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 like obviously a few more have got on board that weren't on board, that weren't on board to get it through the last one, right? Yeah, but yeah, you're dealing with clubs like West Ham and Aston Villa, Porslow and yeah, one Karen Brady, like Jordan Project Restart. They wanted to come back with no relegation. Like, so yeah. they, they were looking after themselves. Like West Ham were a relegation threat during that season, Jordan and, and they wanted a villa the same. They wanted to come back if there was no relegation. So it's fucking self-preservation throughout every fucking level of the league. All they the time. didn't want all the time. They didn't all give time. two fucks about who was top of the championship or second in the championship when they were going to the Premier League. Going, well, listen, we will come back, but there's no fans. So what about no relegation and all? So I mean, they're, they're all the fucking same. They're all, they're all the same. Yeah, but you see, I, I completely get where you're coming from, but what I always notice every season is teams that are struggling, you'll hear managers going, oh, well, look, I just don't have the bodies. I haven't got the opportunity to change this team. We're playing this and we're playing, and there's all the excuses. So if you mm. by putting five subs out there, you're actually taking a load of their excuses away from them by saying, well, you don't have to play that guy for 90 minutes and run him into the ground. Because you've made your three subs to affect the game and you should use your two subs then to rest people if you possibly can. Like, if you put three subs on and you're 2-1 up and it's a big game and you you score a goal and you're 3-1 up and you're going, right, it's comfortable now, right? You've two more subs then to go, right, play him and him is definitely playing the weekend. They're crucial. Take them off for the last 20. Take them off for the last half an hour. And that's how you... It's a, it's a way of rotating your players and keeping them fresh and reducing the amount of injuries, injuries because Kev said it last night. The, the science shows that team leagues with three subs or the data of three subs against five shows there's way more muscle injuries in the in the in a place where there's three subs to what there is with five. So it actually works out that you're going to have less injuries. You're going to have players playing less minutes. You're able to rotate and you're able to affect games more. But some people yeah, don't, don't want it because in their own head, point. listen, in their own head they think if we if we keep a three subs we'll beat these teams. Jesus, give them five and, and we've no chance. It's 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 weird for me. Weird. Anyway, um let's move on. Phil. Yeah. Uh, winner, please. My winners are Michael McGuire and Harry Kane, right? Okay. They're, the, they're the standard. That is the standard, right? See that. How are you making these the winners now? Because listen to me. Three years ago, when Jamie was telling me that Maguire and Kane were top-level defenders and that they're going to do massive jobs when they go to United and everything. Well, I didn't realise they were saboteurs and they were going into wreck the shop, right? So, like, they're, 
Like for me, I just think that they're the winners. We everyone last week, everyone was booing one hundred and ten million pound combined. I think. Yep, they were booing Michael Maguire last week in Wembley, and there was there was um, there was campaigns. There was a national campaign. Uh, Boris asked them all to stop booing him, and uh, everyone was was sending flowers, and they started a big, huge uh, charity for him and a crowdfunder, so that people would stop booing Maguire. So just to take the the pressure off Maguire. Um, Keane goes out and shows how truly shite he is at this this weekend with Everton. Um, and I, I just come back to it. Like England produce, I have gone from being producing top level centre backs that could w- w- compete with the rest of the world in terms of us to produce an absolute bilge that they sell between themselves for billionaires. And uh, this is this is insane. This is they're fucking shite. They're terrible. Like uh, to be honest with you, Joe Gomez is the best English centre back by a long shot. Right, and um, I'm 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 with I'm I'm with the lads. I'm having having Harry Maguire and uh, whatever his name is, Harry Kane and Michael Maguire. Like you could you could swap heads and you wouldn't know the difference in the players. That's why they're winners of the week. They're interchangeable, Gav. They're like transformers, and if you combine them all together, you turn them into one decent centre back. They've got one leg each. Owen Burke reckons they are winners because they've got this far in their career somehow. I'm um, telling you. I don't know how you've managed to squeeze them in as winners. I will uh, I will say that, but listen, I'll let you, I'll let away, let you away. I was, struggling, I was struggling to pick winners this week, to be honest with you. like The whole thing was just outside of... Um, Diogo Jota should have been called out as, 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 as a winner. Fellas like a throwback to some Pippo and Zaghi, but can actually play football. Like That's just... it's it's He's a freak. Um but there was nothing. I wanted something I've seen that someone wasn't just... today. Actually, twenty goals this season. Yeah, seven with his left foot, seven with his right foot, and six with his head. It's it's he's he's a freak. Like, do you know what he's, I mean? He's a bit mental. He is, and then you have you have you have Mo, and you have Mo's going through. Do you know what? Right, Mo's having a wee bit of a of a little downturn at the moment. He's five hundred seventy mm-hmm. minutes since he scored from open play, mm-hmm. and that to me is now the impact of the African Nations Cup and the fact that he never <laughs> ever. Gets a game off or takes a break or anything like that. He's he's, he's played he's played like a thousand minutes for Egypt this year, and for me, he's played a thousand minutes the whole season. Whereas the two lads look like. Crazy. Do you remember that Kanye West video where there were two two rectangular people? He was wearing this mad rectangular costume. No, but that's Harry. That's Harry Maguire and and, and Michael Keane or whatever his name is. The, those two lads like they that's they're going to the World Cup. Not the yeah, Keynes, Keynes, Keynes. Now, Tyrone Mings is fucking probably worse than the fucking deal. <laughs> so, come he here. So, uh, he squeezed that in as a winner, but it gives you it gives you two boys a chance to have a say on this because, you know, uh, Harry Maguire thing, let's leave him aside for a minute, right? If you yeah. want to bring him in, you can, because that was that yeah. was last week or whatever, but the weekend's football. Everton switched to a five at the back. I think they were playing four at the back a lot of the time. They switched to a five at the back. <laughs> Seamus Coleman's nowhere to be seen. I don't know if he's on the bench. Like, I don't know, right? I, I don't. I he just wasn't, checked. He wasn't. Yeah. So Michael Keane takes up the armband, goes into the centre defence. Um, three centre halves: him, um, Holgate, and yeah. and uh, the other fella. That's Terry Mina. No, not him. The other fella that got off Norwich, I think. He's, uh, he's decent. He ben Goffey, they, they played. I, Goffey. I watched a bit of it. Gav Holgate played in midfield because Van der Beek. Now Van der Beek went down in the warm up, so they did. It was like a four-two-three-one, but they were they were penned back and listen. They could play six at the back with fucking six cans, and they still be shy. Michael Keane, right, gets sent off, and whatever about the the, the second yellow or whatever, the first one, he literally tries to 
get on top of Mikel Antonio after a dummy by, I think, Fornals or one of these. And Antonio does nothing but just kicks the ball in a certain direction and goes to run after it. And Michael Keane is literally on his back, 40 yards from goal, for no reason whatsoever. And you're looking, and I've no sympathy, Davo, for, for Frank Lampard, right? No. Well, but he look, has to be looking at that going, for fuck's sake, put your arm out, feel where he is. If he keeps a hold of it, get in tight to him then. If he turns and spins, give yourself a yard. He does neither of that. Davo, appalling. And like Phil makes the point, Joe Gomez is the best English centre-half around at the minute. Hmm. I think it's hard to argue with that because the rest of them do themselves no justice any week, Davo. They do themselves no, no, no. Listen, there's definitely an argument uh, for that. Is probably Stones is probably the one closest in that argument at the minute. But like, he was captain yesterday. Yeah. Like he's been he's been making fucking like he's been having a holocaust all year. Like he's been awful. <laughs> and he and he was and he was the captain yesterday. So what does that tell you about Lampard? And more so to the fact, what does it what does it tell you about the rest of the team? Mm. That like a fella who was after having a literal nightmare all season nightmare to give him the captain's armband and then he proceeds to get two yellow cards and get sent off when they're actually in the game uh, they might look like they might get a point or something like that so uh, listen I, 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 I don't know I don't know whatever they paid for my now McGuire got paid 80 million he, 40 million he, I think they paid like Phil, Phil and Dick and myself three American football fans Deshaun Watson getting his, his big deal and all the owners not happy about it because it's going to push the market up well Liverpool pushed the market up on centre backs, but we made sure we got the fucking best one in the world and the and a generational one. Whereas they, I'd say the I'd say the Leicester border are absolutely fucking pissing themselves laughing. They got that money because oh, yeah. he is just he's, he's they, not an. We cost United a good thirty to forty. Well, Mike, the funny thing about Michael Keane is Michael Keane leaves Manchester United, right? Am I right? And goes to Burnley. Yeah. yeah. Plays for Burnley yeah. and Everton paid thirty million for him. Right, yeah, yeah. and Mike, I don't know when Michael Keane leaves Borley, but instead of saying we could get him back, and I think there was rumour that he might actually go back to Manchester United at the time, you know, you go, nah, watch this 80 million on this. He is fucking atrocious. He's not a defender, he's not a leader, he's nothing like that. And the odd time he got a goal, and people go, oh, look at Harry Maguire, and I'm kind of going, for fuck's sake. And any Manchester United fan I speak to just go, it's absolutely appalling. Dicko. It, it, it's disappointing. It's actually, I find it disappointing when Maguire's not playing. You know, if I'm watching United, I want Maguire playing because it, it, it can be comedy gold. You know, there's at least one, you know, Rick in there, if not, if not more. Um, just on Michael Keane, though, like, uh, like the, the Everton fan base is, is turning on in big style now, you know. Um, you know, he, he's square squarely in the firing line um there's nothing worse i mean we've seen it down the years with some of our you know defenders scale was mentioned but obviously lovren's the the big one you know when when fans you know when fans in the grounds can't have any trust or confidence in in the center back it it, it just it just seems to snowball and he is he's he's having a a, a season to forget i mean I stuck. I did a funny thing yesterday. I stuck that Everton game on just after uh, West Ham scored, and um, I actually it, the, the telly was just on mute, and um, 
I just you could I hear the bills. Could you, could you hear the bills coming through the teddy <laughs> when it was on? Yeah, I, I could see the bubbles flying up in the air. So, I, so you know, I knew West Ham had scored. So, um, I sat there and I watched, and it was funny actually, just watching the carnage of Everton trying to coordinate themselves for like the the. The two minutes or three minutes after that goal, they were all over the shop. Michael Keane was pointing here and pointing there. No one was taking a blind bit of notice of the fella. It was Winning. just, it, it it was just crazy. Like they, they, I mean, they could easily have conceded that second goal there and then. They were all over the shop. Um, and I know they get themselves back in the game, but um, yeah, he, he's just in a like I've seen. Uh, I seen like you know funny tweets. You know we need to appeal to the FA to see if we can get that ban increased to three games um, from one. Um, they, they just they, like they've they've just you know they've lost patience with him now. And, um, and my favorite, yeah, my, my favorite. Oh, we've gone on a tangent here, but fuck it. My favorite thing was right. Um, well, apart from the, the video some fella put out on Twitter yesterday of that Everton song, what's that Everton song you love to go uh, with the guitar and all of it? Uh, Davo loves it as well. You know the one? Oh, the one for the Blues or whatever yeah. it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one they play just before the game every year. Every Zed Cars, isn't it? No, not Zed no, Cars. No, no, it's no, like... Zed Cars is what they, what they play. And then, and then be- before, like, it's like, you know, it's kind of the you'll never walk around. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's brilliant. Yeah, the guitar yeah. in it is but, fucking but not, fabulous. But, the guitar sounds like some old father Ted in it. But, yeah. but the thing is, right... Um, <laughs> A fella put out a video of that song with all these different tweets, and that was great. But my favourite yeah. thing yesterday was I had the game on, right? And you're right. Um, Cresswell scores the free kick, bangs one in the top corner, little arms can't get near it, right? And they're all over the shop, right? And in a way to make, cool things down, the ball goes in the box, it loops up. There's no West Ham player going for it. And Pickford literally takes a stance, right? Does this little four or five step, little tiny run up, right? And jumps up in the air with his knee up and catches the ball. And I'm like, mate, you could have literally just walked over to that ball and caught it. <laughs> but this is his way of showing, look, I got you, boys. And I'm kind of going, you fucking don't have them. And you're more interested in looking good at jumping up to catch literally a ball that was six foot off the ground. And um, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I can't get did the you, tune. Did you- did you see the news? The news report that uh, United are going to target Pickford if the guy leaves. Yeah. I'm like, this is wondrous. <laughs> this is wondrous. Yeah, the, you couldn't. You couldn't. Um, you couldn't. They have a goalkeeper out there that's already better than, than Pickford. In, in your man Henderson, like, why? Why? Yeah. Uh, this is this is the baffling thing at this moment in time, right? England's best players aren't allowed to be picked. Because I'm, I'm convinced Selke has has the ear of so many of the managers of the small teams to pick these really shit players. I think there's I think there's a bet going on to see how far they can go in a tournament with really bad players. Like if you look at it, you, going back, you could have Stones, you could have um, you could have Stones and Gomez in the centre of defence. You could have Trent at right back. Left back's a bit of a black hole, but like, you, Chilwell you find, would be the left Chilwell, back if Chilwell, brief, right? he was back in injury. Look what happens when you go to the goalkeepers. It's a disaster. It's 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 a walking crime store. Like you've got little arms, right? You've got his mate Harry Ramsden. The <laughs> right, uh, well, who, like England don't Nick, have a Nick proper Pope. Goal. Nick Pope. Nick I mean, Pope's Nick a good Pope goalkeeper. Be ahead of them all. 
Uh, yeah. listen, he's, he's he's a good shot stopper, but I mean, like he's he's just he's 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 not a he's not an international he's not an international goalkeeper. We don't think any. No, but I'd even go I'd even go as far to look at them and go like I'm not a big fan of Man Henderson. He had a good season at Sheffield. I'm, I'm and just got, saying, Gav. yeah, but when he got a chance, he annoyed the. Like, do you remember if Salah went through him and he was literally standing at the corner for like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Shot, like, you know what I mean? Absolutely unbelievable. And that's just, that's just standard stuff as a goal. Like a FIFA. Like, like, yeah, it was like the other player froze, you know, his controller went off. Um, but I go as far as I needed to say is um, the fella that plays against us at the weekend, Ben Foster, is as good as any of them. And he yeah. must be 36. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. There, 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 there was something. There was something today, or Ed, and I don't know. I can't remember the rest of the points, but I think it was in the Athletic that Ragnick has given the United board his recommendations going forward. And point one was be more like Man City and Liverpool. They're paying that man fucking millions of pounds. And the point one in it was yeah. be more. Apparently, like what, Man City apparently and what he said is is that Liverpool and Man City have built this over the last ten years, which is not true. Um, but that's what he said, or six years or seven years, wherever it might be. And they've done it on a basis where they are building everything around a, the way their coach wants to play. And that's what Manchester United you know, need to do. Um, that's one of the most obvious fucking things I've ever heard in football. Um, you know, it, it'd be like walking in and go, um, Klopp, uh, we're signing fucking uh, Veghorst off Burnley. And we're just going to play one up front. Is that all right? No. Well, that's what we're going to do anyway. It's fucking mad. <laughs> Um, anyway, I mean, what happened to your man Tarkovsky? Do you remember him who used to play? Still a team? Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's a good so centre back. So I think he's he out of contract this summer. I'd say he'll, he'll, he'll end up at Newcastle, won't he? Yeah, yeah. So he was chosen. They chose Michael Keane over Tarkovsky. Yeah. Everton. Yeah. Yeah. That's baffling. Yeah, but it's it's a bit it's like. It's baffling. a bit like. If you're going to walk around with 80 million quid in your pocket, Harry McGuire just never comes into the conversation. They fucking, I, I know what, I know I'm moving off. I'm just moving off. Phil makes a good point about the likes of Tarkovsky and Kane and all that, right? They play for Burnley. They sit in their 18 yard box and head balls out of the box for 90 minutes. Hmm. Like Merson, he ended up, he had to apologise, didn't he, to Harry McGuire before yeah. over talking about. Uh, he said uh, Roger Johnson to play for Birmingham. Brilliant heading balls out all over the place. Went to Wolves, played in the Harvey line, got round in his first game. I remember, I remember him. Yeah. He was he was a, a centre back who'd win everything in the air. Played in the Harvey line. He was gone. He was fucking playing for. He was in League Two about six months later. So like that's it's you you really need to do your homework on your signings. Are they like can can they play a high line? Can they play in the Harvey line? Because a lot of these fellas look brilliant sitting on their eighteen yard box, heading balls out of the box for ninety minutes. Well, mm. there's, there's, there, look, in this day and age, there's just a hell of a lot more to defend than that. Do you know who would be a shrewd signing? If going back to the best Eng- English centre backs, do you know who would be a shrewd signing for a Spurs or an Arsenal? Who? Nat Phillips. I would yeah. argue that he is better than Maguire and Michael Keane and Tyrone Mings. Even though he's not the quickest, he actually knows how to play. No, he knows what he is. He doesn't think yeah, but he not. also. Gav, he also knows how to play a line that's advanced up the pitch, right? These these lads don't go like these lads are used to camping in the D of the eighteen yard box and moving from the eighteen yard to the D and back to the eighteen yard line. Phillips had to play up towards the halfway line, and he he had figured out that right. I need to give myself a run. I'm going to get done for pace, and I'm telling you now, Nat Phillips and Joe Gomez 
would make a better centre back combination for England than any of the shite that Southgate's going to show in the World Cup next year. Yeah, well, like Trent won't play um, because mm-hmm. he just doesn't like Trent for something. He doesn't like the fact that literally the best right back in the world um, doesn't yeah, want to play. Um, yeah, absolutely. Davo, let's get going. 10 to 11. Let's speed these up. Yeah, let's go. Um, what are we going with you? Uh, loser. Of the I week, think. I think. I think. I think we're just. I think we were. We were just throwing Arsenal in with me at the end because of that well, result. Do you want to throw Arsenal in? Yeah, we'll throw yeah. Arsenal in. Thought about. I do. I had them written down do, here. They've, they've been good. Like they've been good. I'm, I'm not going to get into all the the tiff or tat and all. Like they were. They, I know Phil says they, they beat an awful lot of shit. Or they won the games they should have won. Then they played also be good in the first half. Then we took them apart, which is fair enough. But look, like if they don't get top four this year, it's hard to imagine. Like when they'll get it, do you know what's going away? I, 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 I didn't have, I didn't even, uh, I was doing a bit of running around here. I didn't even look at the table. I don't know if that defeat keeps you in with a show, yes. yeah, of getting there with them. It does, yeah, because I think, I think they're only a couple of points off scores. It's like I heard someone else in the podcast there last week on if you know you get fart, the other teams that are in the spores and Arsenal should be fucking ashamed of themselves. Like mm. rightfully ashamed themselves at, at, at letting them. Like uh, they, you just had Arsenal there. If they won tonight, they were two behind Chelsea, and then they got absolutely rinsed tonight. So, yeah, listen, so they've been in they've been, they've been in some decent form. Uh, I, I like the the boys they have up front, Saka and uh, Martinelli, and that. But <laughs> now that's 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 a that's a, especially with Spurs and putting the pressure are, are squeezing them with their uh, hammer and Newcastle yesterday. That's a fucking shocker for Arsenal tonight. Um, yeah. Red Steve says, to be fair, Gav wrote Arsenal down hours ago, our principal. <laughs> yeah. um, but currently, uh, Spurs and fourth, 30 games, 54 points. Fifth, Arsenal, 54 points, with one game less. Okay. Um, and I think that game, that, that actual game is Spurs. Arsenal's mm. game in hand is Spurs. Um, West Ham on 51 points, played 31. Mm. And United on, are three points off Spurs on the same amount of games. Mm. So, Correct me if I'm wrong here on this. Were Arsenal not on f- 48 or 49 points? 48. About three games back. And I'm saying this because they look like they had two games in hand and they were already in fourth place and they looked like they had it sewn up. Correct. Right? Well, they one of the chains in hand was us, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, and they, and they and lost they had, to us and then they've lost to me. Hmm. Spores, Chelsea, Spores, Chelsea, and us, I think, were actually. So, games Phil, just, <laughs> just to let you know, and, and Dicko and, and Davo, you don't know already. Arsenal have to play sports. Arsenal yeah. have to play Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, play Chelsea as well. Chelsea have to play Arsenal as well. So mm-hmm. there's loads going run, on there. But, I mean, but, the other thing, the other thing about it, just looking at the table, like, like with Spurs, with that win and Arsenal's defeat, there was a seven-goal swing, swing as well on the goal mm-hmm. difference, mm-hmm. which 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 could could come into it. I mean, the level on points now, Spurs above them on goal difference. Um, yeah, I mean they, they've they've like they really. I I don't. Palace are a funny one, you know. I mean, I don't don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I I I can't understand how they've only got thirty seven points. I mean, every time I've seen them this season, they've looked dangerous, particularly at home. Obviously, they held City the other week as well. Um, they've drawn fourteen games, though. They've drawn far too many games, and from mm. from memory, they they threw away leads in the last minute against like a few if, teams. If you look at it, Dick, all right, Spurs have lost ten games. Arsenal have lost nine. West Ham have lost yeah. ten. United have lost seven. Palace have only lost nine. Mm. 
Yeah, it's all them draws. Spurs and West Ham have lost more games than than Crystal Palace. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, (coughs) then fast forwarding ahead to the the FA Cup, I I really, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss Palace beating uh, Chelsea and reaching the FA Cup final, but that's that is a complete tangent. But um, yeah, Arsenal. I mean, the, the. I think they now are in danger of throwing it away. Um, you know, the signs, I guess, were there against us. Um, Arteta does seem to have his limitations and the camera going on him tonight when they went a goal down, two goals down, he looked a bit like a rabbit in the headlights. He really Was he did. just staring into random spaces? I loved that. It seemed During to the be. pandemic, I loved it. There'd be a game going on, there'd be a corner and he'd be just looking up the other end of the Emirates like up at the fucking the, the, the trusses or whatever. He just looked at random shit in his life. I loved it. He's done He's done a few games recently where he's been dancing around like Simeone for 90 minutes mm. um, and, you know, that's Doesn't coincided with him playing the lesser teams and picking up the three points. But certainly tonight and, and against us, um, there seemed to be less of that animation. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I backed, you know, my sort of, my pick was Arsenal, but now I'm sort of tending to, move away from them and I think someone said um, might have been Kev on, on a podcast last week was maybe sort of given United a, a, fair sh- a fair shout at this now even with that dodgy performance against Leicester you can't discount them can you I mean they've, they've, they've no European distraction now um, so yeah right United off at your peril I suppose Phil um I don't know if that's you messing around with your mic, but you're doing me head in. Um, Phil, it's it's all over the fucking place. They all play each other. Um, but just Arsenal is the main topic here. He gets he gets manager of the month for winning three <laughs> games, right? And losing to Liverpool. Liverpool won all the games. Chelsea win all the games. And they give out head. And he stands. He has the gall to fucking stand at the training ground with all his team and his staff and his players and all behind him with his fucking bottle of Premier League fucking over the toilet or whatever you fucking give them now um, <laughs> but, it, but Phil Kev said it last night that's a game tonight they have to win because they know what's coming and they go out and get beaten 3-0 like does it just wipe out everything that's being said about all this or I'm being too harsh am I being too harsh Phil no I, I said this to you about two weeks ago I said when the you pressure say comes, you say a lot of stuff to me. I can't remember. All I know, but I said when the pressure comes on Arsenal, they'll Arteta will go galaxy brain and they'll bottle it. And they won't get anywhere near top four. But it's it's that simple. The guy is a fucking shambles. Like you employ an <laughs> you employ an ex Everton player, you get an ex Everton mentality. So when you go and start taking pictures of your manager and one trophy outside the training ground, that's exactly something Everton would do. They'd send a DVD out and the whole lot. So it serves them right. They are what they are. Weak mentality losers. Um. And all the Arsenal fans have excuses. The one week they're doing videos that they're going to be invincible and win the league. Next 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 week they'll be sacking everyone. It's the board's fault. Cronky's on fire, um, and they're all got it's it's terrible. The world is ending, and they're all being done over by the FA. They should do At a the joint. End. They should do a joint um, uh, protest with United. Yeah, they United should. are definitely doing. They can all have something in. Ah. Listen, there'll be green and yellow scarves out, and they can share the green and yellow scarves at Arsenal, and they can call themselves whatever they want to call. Like honestly, look, I, I think Spurs. I said this to you weeks ago, right? The the thing was, could the other two, you know, or, or Arsenal, 
be consistent enough to get top four. And if anything, Spurs have won for their last five. Mm. You know, Conte seems to have stopped that win loss, win loss, win loss that they went through for a while, and now they've they've put a run of games together. They've put themselves into the fourth position, and we know, we know the points on the board because we've gone through points on the board is far superior at this point in games in hand. And if Spurs know, Spurs like ourselves, Spurs know that if they go into the match against Arsenal and they win that game, they're in the driving seat. You know what I mean? Like you've got control of your own destiny. It's like us looking at the City game. We've control over our own destiny. If we match City's get results till the end of the season and beat City in the 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 phony stadium, whatever it's called, um, what what did they call it this week? Much sponsorship to get this week, ten billion or something for for what is best commercial team in the world. But they, if we go and beat them, we know and we match the results, we win the league. Think about it like that. That's what sports are looking at. If you don't think Conte isn't looking at that as the Italian that he is, that's all he's thinking to them. He's saying to them, we go out. We just well, he has ourselves. talked about getting fought as a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the funny thing is, like, if you look at the if you look at the points. Like Spurs, thirty games, fifty-four points. They're averaging about one point seven points a game. Yeah, they are. It's, it's always two points a game that got you in the, in the Champions League. That's what you yeah. always have to go for. So the, you actually, need it. So to be honest with you, someone said earlier there, like if if United get in there, the other two should be ashamed of themselves. But it's not even that. You know, it's if they get in there, you just it just shows like that. It's nearly a default position. If you're getting in there yeah. under 76 points, it's it's a default. But Gav, can I throw a wild card in here? Because oh. I think there's one I think there's one worth thrown into this specific conversation. We are absolutely gobbling up Arsenal for their lack of bottle and their inability to do it, right? But I'll tell you one thing. Chelsea are now only five points ahead of fourth. Chelsea literally collapsed from this point of the season last year. To the to the to the finish line, and we finished ahead of them. Do you remember? They were about ten mm. points ahead of us. They were beating that Aston Villa in the last day, and still managed yeah. to get in the top four because Leicester were beating a home by Spurs, wasn't it? We don't have them down as losers of the week. They got thumped mm. at home, yeah. Brentford. Yeah, mm. that's a team that had Brentford nothing to play for. Brentford are safe. Like looking at what's below them. You know why, Phil? Because they played it far at the back, and Rudiger didn't have his teammates beside them, and they played a flat back four, and they got rinsed. Yeah. And Davo, this is this. This could be the collapse that can go on because there, there is. You can see Tuchel is already. If you read his interviews and you read his statements and everything, he has. He didn't sign up for what's going on at the club and all this. Mm. That chap is looking at. He's, he suddenly started going. Where, where's the exits on this plane again? We're, we're, we're coming. Down. <laughs> I'm in a bit of a rush and I need to get it. I don't be hanging around. Um, am I at the back? Can I go out the back door? Uh, just, just in case I need to get off quickly. And that's you, you look at his, his, his things, and the Chelsea fans now are starting to get nervy that Tuchel wants out, right? Because I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised he, if United or Newcastle tried to do something with him. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Newcastle will be the one for me. I mean that, that. That, yeah, they go in and they go, listen, you know, don't worry about it this season. You put a squad mm-hmm. together, and we look at it in a year's time. You, you'll be more than comfortable, and I think it's something you could go for. Because I think, I think he loved the whole PSG thing. Um, it's just that he melted people's heads. But bringing all the end players in himself, I genuinely think Newcastle or Manchester United could look at Tuchel and go, "We can get him out of there." Yeah, and he could be ready to go because he's not. I know he signed a new deal, didn't he, after the Champions League win? Because he was mm. initially on an eighteen month deal. He done some sort of extension, but he's he's every chance of turning around and going, "Listen, that contract means fuck off with the way and things if- are now." 
look at his history. He's fallen out at every single club and he's been chased out of the club at the end. Right? Dortmund, they weren't ha- there was no big send off like they had for, for Klopp. PSG, delighted to see the back of him in the end because yeah. when he when he falls out, he just doesn't fall out with the with the owners or whatever. He f- he'll end up having rows with the team and everything. Yeah, I think he's wrecking players' heads, yeah, in a big yeah. way. Um that works right, when eleven o'clock we have to move, we have to keep going because Davos up in like twenty five minutes for work. Twenty four uh, minutes. Um We've done Davo, we've done his. So, so Dicko, we're on to you. We're on. Are we on your winner? Yeah, the winner. Yeah, Who's Phil winner? tried to steal me thunder there a little bit earlier on, but I was, uh, I was going to commend VAR as a winner this this weekend, and specifically for the penalty that was awarded for Liverpool. Um, much to uh, you know, Woy's uh, disgust um, in that interview, saying that it, you know VAR isn't about you know, given other teams uh, a second goal in the 88th minute. Um, the context in which it was given um, was was absolutely kind of spot on. And, um, you know, it, it was a foul and, you know, mightn't have been picked up by the referee, mightn't have been picked up by other players on the pitch. Jota certainly felt he'd been fouled. Um, and, you know, it was the right way to intervene um, finally, kind of the system and the humans operating the system sort of um, got it right. Uh, came to a decision, and um, and yeah, we got we we got the penalty. Um, brilliant penalty by Fabinho, by the way. Um, but it, it it worked. Now I'll caveat it. I don't know if there's, there was any horrendous VAR decisions in other games, but I'm just I'm just using. Ours as an example, and I'm absolutely hoping I don't I don't uh, jinx this ahead of next uh, next week's game. Oh, for fuck's sake! Don't you worry. We're getting so, we're getting so I, I literally, I literally take anybody on this planet saying them words. I hope I don't jinx it. But Ray Dicko Dickinson saying that he's the biggest fucking Jonah I know. Like he literally, he he, he was he, we who was playing the weekend Benfica, right? And he he messaged yeah. in the group went Benfica two 0 down. Against Braga, we fucking we, we lumped these over handy. Fifteen minutes later, Benfica <laughs> were two all, and he was like, "Could be difficult this one." Literally everything he says, the opposite happens. It's Joe Joe Welch's tips was about ten for ten, about ten winners in a row. And as soon as they go back them, and they all fell apart. <laughs> Yeah, the host dollars came Joe, out. Joe's had to go with the witness protection yeah, in Lisbon yeah, because yeah. of it. And I, I, mean, I, I, I literally was about to. I started the text. In the group earlier, say, um, to say f- fancy Palace tonight, and I deleted it um, deliberately because I stuck a few quid on Palace, and yeah. uh, I'm so glad that I, I deleted it now. Can I, can I just say to th- th- Dicko's point, right? The fella who was the VAR, nobody had a fucking breeze who he was. We never heard of him before in our lives, right? This is what he you wanted to say earlier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. That to me, that's 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 exactly <coughs> that's exactly the point we've been making for ages. Don't put any of these incompetent, corrupt referees that are that refing games on them. Stick lads, stick fellas who are refing Leicester City League three. It's, 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 it's changing in Italy. That it's the it's changing in Italy. I think I don't know. I think it's from next season. There's there's specialised VAR officials, and it's either yeah. going to be young fellas that are coming up in the game, or it's going to be. I think they're they're a a couple of elfless and saying, "Listen, you you are not running around the pitch anymore. You are full time VAR." There's going to be VAR officials rather than yeah, be a perfect. Set not not perfect what at all, and um, because if you, if you continue to have, I keep telling you, if you keep having that one step 
of mystery in the whole thing and you still have it um it will it doesn't work you're breaking the walls down gav the walls are being oh, broken okay. down bit by bit. when they went to take the berlin wall down gav they didn't take it down in one go right um look the bad thing it's good to see them making a, a good decision um you, yeah you have to throw it out there in fairness because you know we give them enough stick but um i still uh, I think too many people are getting fooled by this. Oh, actual VAR officers dedicated bullshit because they'll still. They'll like still Tom and I should have went, shouldn't he? In the, in the like Tom and I should have absolutely yeah. went because if Paul Pogba goes for that tackle on Kate earlier on in the season, right? McTominay should be absolutely off the pitch with that tackle on Madison. And how we get and the referee is fucking staring at it like he's he's the best view on the ground and still managed to give a yellow. But there again, they should have got on the onto the thing and said, "Go over and look at that again, will you?" Mm. And he didn't because I mean, don't know if Ant was said that's the, the whole mystery gets them out of things, and that's how it will work to the end of time, regardless of who's on it. As I said the other day, you can clone 20 pair Luigi cleaners and stick them in the fucking van in the transit of Stockley Park, and it won't make a fucking difference if there's a way out of it, and there still is. One of the points about the VAR, that yeah, noticed, right? Because I think we're a little bit too nice on the VAR screen position, like we seem to have put our VAR screen at Anfield sort of part way up the tunnel give the referee a nice little bit of privacy whereas in other grounds you see VAR screens right in front of fans the home fans basically telling you telling the referees what the, what the decision needs to be why are we so nice why are we why are we giving them a privacy booth to make these decisions is this, is this the reason why you refuse to go to games now <laughs> Well, it would certainly be on my comment. You're not allowed to comment this year. Honestly, we are one of the shittest clubs for doing this type of stuff. What we there's no nasty streak. There's no. We should be better off. Like just fucking stick them in front of the cop. They should stick them to the cop. Exactly. They should put the screen in three oh six. Yeah. Get the lift up. Yeah. In the three oh six. There you go. Get up there and make that decision. See how you get on. Um, yep. But, uh, right, Phil, we're down to you. I think we're down to our last one, aren't we? Um, and you're a loser of the week. You've, you've basically picked a winner or a loser. A winner for the loser. So what are you doing for your loser? Well, my, my, my loser of the week and arguably the loser of the last two seasons is Timo Werner. That chap had a chance to come to Liverpool and goes back to Medioga Jota shows earlier on, right? Um, before he came to England, he was a more clinical version of what Jota looked like at, at, at um, Wolves. And Wolves was one of them. And he decides to go for Chelsea where the money was, where the money was bigger. And he's looked an absolute stocking of donkey shite since then, right? He can't, couldn't finish his breakfast. And I would imagine... Honestly, I'd imagine, I'd imagine he would be a different player had he signed for Liverpool and Klopp because what Klopp seems to be very good at coaching or, or getting getting right is getting, making players clinical in front of goal, particularly strikers. Mm-hmm. Look, what he's, look what he's done for Salah, for Mane, for Firmino, for Jota. Um, who's the other fellow we signed? Well, the only one he hasn't made as clinical yet is Diaz, but he needs a full pre-season. So when he sorts that out, he'll, he'll sort it out. But like, honestly... <laughs> It just it's full preseason demo. That's what I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, that's like honestly uh, for me, it's it's Werner. It's very hard to look past him because his career is over. Is it is it a trend? That Chelsea, <laughs> that, okay, is it a trend at Chelsea? Because you look at you, Werner has turned up and he's second season now, and you're still uh, like I, I nearly forget he plays for Chelsea. 
right? Mm. He probably plays a lot of games, probably comes on, but I literally forget he plays for Chelsea. You look at so Lukaku, Lukaku is, is back for, is it his third spell at Chelsea now? Because he was off on loan and come back mm. and shit like that. But he's having to make public apologies Hates to everybody, him. right? Hates he's him. Look, he has made more apologies than Roman Abramovich has to Chelsea. Now, there you go. So, um, and, and I'm starting to wonder, Davo, is it a bit of a trend? Does it go back to Tuchel? Does he just doesn't know what to do with them? Well, because he's, like, look, I think he's a good player team over here now, but I th- feels I right he's made wrong decisions. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's plenty of football in him. I was actually quite disappointed <laughs> when we didn't get him because it was obvious, obvious that we put the groundwork in and I think it was kind of, was it, I'm not sure it was a pandemic related or it was I think I think Some. the word was Klopp wanted him to hang on another twelve months and then we'd get him and he wasn't prepared to do that, so he went to Chelsea. Seven goals in fifty that, games, double. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Twenty three goals and forty six for Jota. I think I think that's that's football in my own but like going back to your to your point about Chelsea, like you wonder what's going on because the problem Luke Hagu had at United is they want them to be this back to goal centre forward the ball going up stick it in and mm-hmm. uh, work play like that with his back to goal well, listen he can't do that his touch yeah. is awful he, like he went into Milan and he was he was nowhere near that player he sometimes used to play start out kind of wider so he could come in um, and he scored a half full of goals over in Italy he didn't want to be that player back to goal he wasn't played by Conte with that back to goal then Chelsea signed him and I think Tuchel's first press conference he starts talking about playing him as a back to goal centre forward yeah and so, do you know and do you know what back to himself up yeah, yeah, automatically like Lukaku must have been just standing there going what the fuck did I sign here for yeah because he wants he actually, he actually like doesn't that. want to run channels he doesn't want the players back to goal no. he wants to run off your shoulder yeah. with power and pace and finish yeah. and the thing was what backed up Tuchel was when they play Arsenal at the second game of the season, Lukaku plays was back to goal against Arsenal and he, everyone thinks he's, he's like, he's a better mm. holder player than Mark Hughes ever was for fuck's sake. Yeah. And people are going, look at him doing this and I'm going, it's Arsenal. Fucking chill the beans. Wait till he actually comes up against some some proper teams. And he just fell off. I watched him a bit. I, like, I watched the inter a bit. Like, like, he was unbelievable. That's yeah. why with Chelsea got him, he says, oh, fuck. He wants to run off your shoulder and he wants balls in the box. Absolutely, bang goals in and then yeah. Tuchel starts fucking playing him with his back to goal and he's, he's he's every bit as bad as he was at United. Can I just pull up something? Because this, I knew someone would eventually say, Tom Bowler there, Chelsea think every strike of a sign is the next Drogba. Drogba scored fuck all goals. Go back and check the records. Right? Well, I think, Go back I, and think check Salah, the records. I think Salah, I remember seeing something recently where Salah had, whatever he has for Liverpool, right? Um, I can't even remember how many goals Salah has for Liverpool. Million. But it was basically like he scored his amount of goals to Liverpool. He's the highest scorer in African, I think, in Premier League highest, history. Yeah, and he'd done it in like fucking 90 games less than Drogba mm. or something like that. But Drogba yeah. wasn't only a goal scorer. Drogba, Drogba was what you think Lukaku should be at Chelsea because he was good with his back to goal. He ran challenge. He was physical. He could run behind you. He could score headed. He didn't score he goals. Fuck. Yeah, but mm. Phil, there was more to him than that. There was more to him than that. He's a centre forward that didn't score goals. I, no, he did score goals, but he he, he was so fuck, he was so good for the likes of Robin and Duff and all, any of these wingers that played because he, he just, he's done so much work from Arkham. The rest is our reputation. Stop Honestly. Stop it. Not having about Trogba. Like, it seems to be Absolutely glad to see the back of him. I mean, with Vert, just back onto Werner there quickly, maybe he, he leaves um, in the summer. Maybe he goes, um, maybe Dortmund is a destination for him if Haaland obviously moves to 
the likes of Manchester City. Uh, he, 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 it, it's not worked out for him. He'd be, a, he'd be, he'd be foolish to 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 persist. I think he needs to move back to Germany. Boring could come. Boring could come and take him. Look to look, look to take him back, or look to take him back to Germany. That's the fair show. Diego Costa has probably been Chelsea's best striker the last twenty years. Costa was dead, yeah, and he's a horrible yeah. bollocks. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. I love them. I still yeah. love them. The Werner, the Werner thing, like, is just didn't make any sense going to Chelsea. It made sense coming to Liverpool because, for me, he Klopp is the sort of fella that can bring a fella in and go listen. You can play here, here, and here. That's fine. But I'll develop you into where I want you to be. It could be right through the centre. It could be off the left. But I'll develop you into something where you're quite good through the centre, but you're going to be lethal down the left-hand side. And we'll play to you. They're not, Chelsea don't play to these forwards. They even played, they got to the point now where they don't play to Havertz. So they stick him up front. Mm. Havertz isn't a front man. Havertz is a, a 10. He looks to wander. Mason Mount's a good player, but you can see him being out of position at times as well. And I'm not saying Chelsea have had an awful season. They haven't. But it just feels to me that when it comes to the top end of the pitch, they don't play to their strengths. They they try shoehorn players in and it hurts them. A um, couple of mentions before we go. Um, I want to give a shout out to, what's the young lad off United? Um, United claimed the penalty the other day when, is it Alanga? Is that his name? Alanga tackled Rashford. Rashford. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Alanga, Alanga, the Manchester United player, tackles Rashford, the Manchester United player, in the Leicester box, and United were calling for a penalty. That is a highlight of the weekend for me. Um, I think it was given offside in the end. Yeah, and then this, this is I just read this recently. Um, one of the lads sent to me. Everton director's remuneration increased from three point five million to four point two million this season, with the highest paid director rising sixty five percent from one point two to two million. This made Everton's highest paid director the fourth highest earner in the Premier League this season. And now you wonder why there are 100 million in losses every season for the last three. Anything else before we go, Dabo? No, looking forward to the game tomorrow night. And yeah. it's, busy, it's, a, it's a busy month. I'm not getting many nights off, so the, behind the couch is fairly warm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not getting many nights off. But yeah, look at Grey. Enjoy it. All big games. Deadly. Good stuff. Dicko, anything else before we go? Liverpool or Premier League related that caught your eye over the weekend? Oh, obviously, um, you, you you keep a, a, an eye on City as well, don't you? I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't have the stomach to watch them win comfortably, um, mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting. Obviously, they're playing Atletico. I did see a bit of Atletico yesterday. I think did Simeone's dad pass away? There seemed to be a lot of mm-hmm. um, emotion there at that game, and um, they end. I think they end up winning four one. Suarez scored a couple of goals. I, I I've got a feeling. Atletico get something there tomorrow at, at, at Man City. Okay. Phil, anything else before we go? I was mainly watching Russian medieval um, sword fighting at the weekend. It's a fascinating rabbit hole to go down for anyone. To, to, to see the lads, they put the, the chain mail on and the whole armour and everything and they've shields and swords and they attack each other like in a mixed martial arts ring. And okay. it's real. And there's a world championship of it. Okay. Are you going to try to get accreditation for that as well? No, I'm, I'm focused on getting the accreditation to the World Games. Like I, I've been going through all the sports and who the leaders are in the sports and stuff like that for it. So it's, right. it's so okay. important that I do my research before I go over to Birmingham and Alabama. I'm so excited about it. So I've got okay. my flights booked and everything. Have you? Nilo's, Nilo's um, uncle has let me stay in his gaff. Oh, really? Okay. He said, it's, it's, he said, don't be, it's not a caravan. 
they said it's grand. It's a house. I was like, super. It's a, it's a, it's a mobile house. It has wheels on it. <laughs> <It's a mobile laughs> yeah. um, Why is it on bricks? Ah, listen to the fucking high There's a playing. story behind it. Yeah. Um, Supposedly, yeah. So it's yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm going to be broadcasting live from Birmingham, Alabama. Can't okay, wait. Best of luck with that. Um, <laughs> absolute best of luck with that. That has been winners and losers for this week. Thanks a million for joining us. We're back tomorrow with the cop update at 2 p.m. We're back at 10 p.m. with um, full time reds and all the rest of the stuff for the rest of the week. As you can see on screen, Failicon is our charity um, partner. And link is in the description if you want to make a donation there. If you can't make a donation, as I always say, go and take the link, send around your friends, family, colleagues, wherever it might be. And if you feel like doing some fundraising, by shaving your head or doing something along them lines with all your mates um, yeah go and do it and we'll back you all the way and you can actually on TikTok get all the lovely likes so um, that is it we will talk to you in a bit over and out Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>